Happy New Year, Padawans, and welcome back to another episode of the Wannabe Jedi Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Josh. And I am your special guest, Mike. Yes, our former roommate, good friend, Mike, has joined us today to discuss Qui-Gon Jinn. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me on the show. It is truly an honor. Of course. We're, we're super excited for it. We got the three musketeers back. Now we only need to get Andrew on here, too, and then we'll, we'll have all four of our roommates oh, that that would be wonderful <laughs> that would be a heck of a time that'd be a great episode he'd finally get his uh was it kyle katarn is it he's been asking for yeah 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 he, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm man. several people actually have reached out and said hey we should do that but we need an expert maybe that'll come awesome. in season three maybe. maybe who knows we're coming yeah. at the end of season two stay tuned folks yeah <laughs> so today we're talking about Qui-Gon Jinn and, and Mike when we reached out to you about wanting to have you on the show you said that you wanted to talk about Qui-Gon so can you give us a little bit of reasoning why you uh, picked this phenomenal character in my opinion so for me my relationship kind of with Qui-Gon Jinn is I started on the prequels big shocker crazy I know I'm, an, I'm a heretic <laughs> infidel I millennial started... <laughs> oh no <laughs> Rebel scum. So I started on the prequels as opposed to like the original trilogy. And one of the first Jedi that I ever saw was Qui-Gon Jinn. And I thought it was awesome right off the bat. But not entirely knowing why. Looking back on him now that I'm older, I realize he's just an incredible character. Like the story threads that George Lucas wrote through him and just like his connection to the Force, how he looks at the world, like his perspective is really incredible and yeah i think next to luke skywalker and anakin skywalker he is the most important jedi i personally rank him above obi-wan as an important jedi well, that in hurts. history <laughs> that <laughs> hurts a little feel bit. the pain that it, it does hurt it's got to be because it's liam neeson liam right? neeson that's, is that's the whole reason <laughs> that's definitely a part of it i love liam neeson he's amazing yeah he did train obi-wan he did he was and his master Mm-hmm. And they had a very close bond too. Like they were, yeah. they were close as was. Matt and I talked in a previous episode. I don't remember which one. Matt, you can tell me. But we talked about how it was Yoda. Yoda was a grandmaster, and then it was Count Dooku. Like we're going like through like lineage. Like I guess it would be like a grandfather kind of deal through like the Jedi Master Order, like the master to apprentice, blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. it'd be like. Yoda to Count Dooku to Qui-Gon Jinn and then Obi-Wan. And we talked about how the ideals were different between Qui-Gon and Count Dooku because they were very rebellious against the the Jedi Council and the, mm-hmm. somewhat the Jedi Order. And Obi-Wan is dedicated. He's the, the one of the most iconic and the exemplary. Strong-willed. Yeah, yeah, the exemplary. He's like the model Jedi. The model Jedi, yes. Thank you. Like, he represents, like, in his, his general ways of thinking and values, he represents, like, everything the Jedi Order kind of stands for and yes. goes for. Yeah. Yes. Josh, you asked me to, like, you just asked me, like, what episode. You're asking the guy with a lot of concussions to remember something. <laughs> not wrong. You sure you want to do that? <laughs> not wrong. I don't I remember feel like that might have been our Count Dooku episode. I feel like that could have been our Count Dooku it episode, been Count but I could Dooku. be wrong. It feels like it was a little closer to, to recording this, but I could be wrong. But, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just had to point that out and and see if you had any different takes on it, like mm-hmm. Mike. 
No, I, I agree. Like, the way the lineage kind of goes is really interesting. You have Yoda, who's, like, the ideal, like, the ideal wise Jedi, like, completely committed to the Order, similar to how Obi-Wan is, but he's very wise, he's old, he's seen a lot. And then you have Count Dooku, who at one point was a relatively dedicated Jedi, but drifts apart in a way that very similar to how Qui-Gon kind of thinks differently about the Order, but he takes more of the dark side approach to it. I mean, he obviously splits off and becomes Darth Tyrannus, but he, like, even when he's, like, part of the Jedi Order, he disagrees with a lot of things, and it seems like he has more, like, I don't know about violent tactics, but, like, I feel like in what little I've kind of seen of him outside the Jedi Order and when he's not Count Dooku, he kind of has more, like, a darker turn on things. And then you have Qui-Gon, who's like that, but the opposite. He sees differently from how the Jedi and the Jedi Order operate, but, like, he doesn't follow their ideals, not blindly, but, like, committedly, knowing that he disagrees with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still looks yeah. to do the most good possible. He still follows the light side. And then you have Obi-Wan, who is like a dedicated, a very dedicated exemplary Jedi, mm-hmm. followed then by Anakin, who he tries to follow the way of the Jedi, but he has just so much like inner turmoils because of his attachments and because the temptations of the dark side. It creates a really interesting kind of, when you line them all up and compare them, it, it's really interesting. It creates, it's like almost like a full spectrum of like the different types of Jedi you can run across. Those like very dedicated to the Order, those slipping more into darkness, and those who like see the flaws in the Order but still choose to do better. Kind of like Qui-Gon, which is one of the reasons I like him so much. Yeah, that's that's really, that's beautiful. <laughs> I like that. It's poetic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's Star Wars. Um, before we get started uh, on the timeline of Qui-Gon and everything, there's just one thing I want to say. This is like a dream. If someone were to ask me in high school, hey, what do you want like your future like college roommates to be like? I'd be like, I want to be able to talk about Star Wars with them for like 45 <laughs> minutes. And, and that would be like a dream. So like this oh, is yeah. fantastic. I, I'm loving this already. And we're not even like five minutes into this episode. <laughs> I'm glad, Matt. I'm glad. Me too. I've been... I've been blessed with having you guys as my friends and our whole friend group. We're all just a bunch of beautiful nerds, and it's the best. <laughs> our Battlefront nights, our Battlefront nights, oh my gosh. Sophomore year when we started that, that just made me really happy. Me too. Oh, and yeah. I know we've had our, our rage moment. <laughs> and we've Mike. had our... <laughs> yeah, I know. But we've had our good moments where we've, you know, it's it's brought us together. We've grown a lot of rapport and you know our friendship has grown mm-hmm. from these different yeah. events living together blah, blah blah but i just wanted to just to throw that in there yeah yeah exactly beautiful moments so now getting actually into the timeline of qui-gon we obviously see him appear in episode one sorry i'm totally blanking on the name of it because i'm so tired right now phantom menace. phantom yeah episode one the best phantom menace. star wars movie out there you mean That's, that is the title <laughs> Oh my gosh. Phantom Menace. Yes, Phantom Menace. This is where I'm at this morning. He is voiced in Attack of the Clones mm-hmm. as well. I think he is also Anakin. voiced... Yes, yeah. He's oh. also voiced in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. He appears in a bunch of other things too. He's in World Between Worlds in, in Rebels. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. is also appears in Rise of Skywalker with his voice mm-hmm. again. We stand behind you, Ray, is what he says to her apparently. Yes, Yes, 
You are correct. Then he also has a book, Master and Apprentice. And he appears in a bunch of other books and different events along the way. Clone Wars. and and canon. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and in Clone Wars as well. He's in the Ahsoka book, too, with his voice again. Mm. Really? Wow. I'm going to... I have to finish it before the... uh... The episode. Before Ahsoka episode. You just spoiled it. it for everyone. Yes, we are going to be reviewing Ahsoka with next week's episode, so that's something to get excited <laughs> I, about. I never specify the time. <laughs> Stay uh, tuned, folks. <laughs> but now getting into the actual timeline of Qui-Gon, the very first thing notes that I have is that he was born on Coruscant in 80 mm-hmm. BBY, and he dies on Naboo in 32 BBY, which puts him at, what is that, 48 years old? At, ti- at time of death. He doesn't look 40. Like, Qui-Gon does not look 48, though. He doesn't. I mean, Samuel Jackson was a little bit older than Mace Windu. Yeah, we do need a skincare routine, too. Uh, <laughs> do, you think, do you think Liam Neeson can reach out with our skin? Like, I laughed. I laughed out loud so hard when I was in the car on my way back from work listening to that episode. And I heard you guys talking about that man's skincare routine. I guess we need one for Qui-Gon, too. <laughs> <laughs> and also like how does he get that like luxurious hair i need that my, this my man's got some receding this man's now. got some flowing locks <laughs> yeah I, I like i like liam neeson with shorter hair like the mm-hmm. batman beyond or sorry whatever batman film he's in and he's in um uh, batman begins yeah batman begins thank you mm-hmm. he was in the first one yeah, about that yeah like that or like the taken haircut like a short, yeah, yeah, shorter like, do yeah. If, but everybody knows Taken because it's kind of... He's like, it's just for that. I don't know who you are, but I will find you. Yeah, it, iconic. <laughs> and, uh, you. Yeah. yeah, that's iconic. But yes, this man has glorious locks. He does have lux- luxious locks, clearly. <laughs> he was born on Coruscant, and he was accepted into the Jedi Temple very early on, where, as we as we hinted at, before Count Dooku was Count Dooku, he was Master Dooku and raised him to be a Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the the very early life of him. There's not too much more on it, but Dooku kind of as soon as Qui-Gon appeared was taking him under his wing. So I think Dooku already realized like that Qui-Gon was going to be special and, and was like, okay, I should you know train this Jedi. Mm-hmm. Agreed. After like four months of becoming a like Padawan for for Qui Gon, Juku and Qui Gon went to Shuripak to fight in a battle, which was Qui Gon's very first one. Basically, Qui Gon was super nervous the entire time, and and Juku showed that kind of fearless leadership that we've kind of seen in the Clone Wars, where he's not afraid to go into battle and and. and do what's necessary. Mm-hmm. So it was very it's, it's very interesting to see that Dooku's actually like a pretty good master, and then we just see him completely fall. Yeah. And and, and how Dooku's learnings kind of shaped Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He definitely proves himself as a very skilled individual, like over and over again. Which I think kind of carries into when he becomes Darth Duran. It's like he kind of is iconic in that way that like he has a he has a style about him. He's a very stylish yeah. guy. Yeah, exactly. Like with his lightsaber fighting and his way of speaking, his charisma. It's definitely impressionable. Yeah. So after that battle, like this, this fast forwards a little bit. Qui-Gon is doing homework in Dooku's quarters. And I just like stopped on that note. Because I was like, since when was there homework 
in the Star Wars universe for Jedi. <laughs> Are there grades? Yeah, like Reading that's what book. I'm thinking. <laughs> Reading the books in the library from <laughs> Jocasta Nu. From like Jocasta Nu. Please write on the history of the Mandalorian Wars. It must be 500 words, and you know you must cite your. I could not imagine like them be like, "We're gonna go and read this now." It's you know? probably something about the fighting forms too. Yeah, I, I just think it's they... funny. I was like. I wonder if they procrastinate like we do in our homework. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's acceptable for wonder... Jedi to stay up all night and do it and wait to the last day. What do you think their excuse is if they don't do their homework? Do they have like my my, my lethal cat ate my homework? Is that like a <laughs> is that an excuse? <laughs> I was too busy with my lightsaber training. Yeah, <laughs> I my lightsaber accidentally ignited and cut right through my homework. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tuki. I couldn't. It was a do malfunction. It. I tried to reach Last out to the force, but I crushed my homework. Yeah. I, I meditated too hard and uh, <laughs> and broke my holocron. <laughs> the force didn't will me to do my homework today. I'm sorry. It just wasn't in the cards. I'm just following the will of the force. <laughs> I'm just doing what that I would explain Qui-Gon with his, uh, his connection to the force. He's <laughs> <laughs> a low-key terrible student. He's like, hey, the, the force told me not to. <laughs> blamed everything on the force so he didn't have to do work oh I, that would be I, res- I respect that i respect that <laughs> Man's on many got levels. Hustle. <laughs> uh. but fast forwarding a little bit when Jin had built himself up he took the trials on felucia and even though his commitment to the jedi order was tested he did all which is the the point of the trials yeah. He ultimately did stay loyal to the Jedi Order and then was on his way to becoming a master. Mm-hmm. Basically, even though during those trials he did stay true, it did bring him conflict within the Jedi Code. And mm-hmm. and obviously that also is planted with the seeds of Dooku, who was kind of not necessarily a stereotypical master that followed the code perfectly. Mm-hmm. So but kinda already it, it does make put sense. like a seed of question to him yeah. about yeah, yeah. like the nate like how the jedi order operates like it kind of already started to open his eyes a little bit yeah and then obviously we know that he takes on obi-wan as his apprentice a couple i think it's like two years after that and then shortly after that they go to mandalore which is when they are sent to protect duchess Satine. and that just makes me sad because like now we're getting into the part where Obi-Wan is conflicted, he has feelings for Satine, and it just, uh, it, it hits home. Yeah, it does. Poor Obi-Wan. Feels bad. Man can't Feels love. Feels really bad. Man can't love. <laughs> like, as much as I love Obi-Wan being the wonder, the amazing Jedi that we know, and who's so integral to the story, part of me does wish there was, like, an alternate universe where he just stayed with her. You can write some fan fiction. Ooh. I'm sure that there probably is fan fiction about that. That'd be so interesting to read. I'm sure there That's is. True. I was thinking about Aura Singh and Darth Maul fan. Oh God! <laughs> Josh, yes. take a lap. I'm like Josh, I'm take like... a no, take a lap. Let's <laughs> get the timeout corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? To make Aura Singh like, okay, it was either a dream or I was just daydreaming. Where I was like, what if Lucasfilm or Lucas Arts reached out to me and said, "Hey, we listened to the podcast on on Aura Singh." And we wanted to know how we can make her story better. And so, I'm like, okay. Gotta make, make a rom-com fan fiction. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, no, no. I was thinking more of like, 
Josh, the way you made it sound was that Maul it was like a rom-com this... between Maul and and Aura Singh. Okay. I mean, I'd watch bit. it. A, a, a little, little bit. bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more like, since Maul is the head of the, the crime syndicates, between, let's just say, episode, well, during Solo, but episode three and the end of Rebels when he gets killed by Obi-Wan, we know that Aura Singh dies from Beckett. But we don't know her story at post some of the clo- some of the Clone Wars stuff. So I was thinking like that that time frame is very loosely held. <laughs> I don't want to read that. <laughs> I, mean, I read a little bit. I love you, Josh. I don't want to read that though. It's fine. I'd probably read it, puke it's in my fine. mouth a little bit, but I'd read it. <laughs> I'm just thinking, what what does Andrew think right now? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right about now, within the podcast. He is probably pinging our group chat with writing his response at the moment. Uh, oh, I can boy. just picture it at this moment. <laughs> anyway, getting back to Qui-Gon a little bit. A little bit later on in his life, he began to discover the, the secrets to basically keeping his consciousness after death. Mm-hmm. And here's what the description is, because they don't actually say what planet he goes to. He said, but what it says is, he traveled to a planet strong with the Force, a world that legend said is the birthplace of light and the origin of midi-chlorians. He learned from five force priestesses. The ones that we see in Clone Wars. So what planet is that, Josh? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure. Mortis. Isn't it Mortis? Not, it's, is it Mortis? Because mm. I, I thought it was Mortis in my mind, and then I'm like, it doesn't... It, it sounds right, but I don't think it's right. So I haven't seen all of Clone Wars, but I don't think it's Mortis, because the interactions he has on Mortis, he says that Mortis is a conduit through which the, the force flows. And from my understanding, the only three beings on Mortis are the son, the daughter, and the father. So I don't think it's Mortis. Maybe it's like Mortis' moon or something, you know? (laughs) Could be, who knows? Yeah, another place. Uh, Mortis is only held to three, but they they don't specify the planet. (laughs) Wow. I click on... I'm on that same page. I click the world in that sentence. It just takes me to the definition of planet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That helps. (laughs) That helps a lot. (laughs) Thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah, thanks for teaching me what a planet is. It looks almost like these Force Priestesses are like the Wills. They have those like same yeah. masks. Mm-hmm. It just says, locations, wellspring of life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. But during that trip, he learned to achieve eternal consciousness. It requires absolute selflessness. Mm-hmm. So I think he achieved it, but I, I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that Qui-Gon... Obviously, we know that he does retain consciousness and and becomes part of the Force. And, you know, Force ghosts, you can obviously still uh, communicate through the Force to living creatures. Mm -hmm. So do you think that his sacrifice and his willingness to train... Like, basically the entire story of Qui-Gon, do you think that is selflessness? Do I think it's selflessness for Qui-Gon's, like, story? Yeah, Qui-Gon's story. Do you think it was selflessness, absolute selflessness, to, in order to achieve eternal consciousness? He did run into a, some bumps because he wasn't, you know, fully a Force ghost, but he was in the... He was still... Yeah, on Mortis, he was a Force ghost, and we'll talk about that, but I think he probably had more than some Jedi, but not as much as, like, Yoda or Obi-Wan, because I think they... And even Luke, I think that they had some 
You you think Luke is completely selfless? No, I I don't think Luke's completely selfless, but we see that he is a Force ghost in The Rise of Skywalker, and we we expect that he was selfless while he was young, while he was still training. And at least, Until... like, in his final moment, when he did, yeah. like, quote-unquote, sacrifice himself for the Resistance for the... at the end of Episode yeah. Eight, I guess you well, could count so that. That's what I'm kind of curious about. What Do you think that, like, that selfless... This act is just one act at the very end of your life that results in your death and and because of that you live on etern like eternally or is it something where no. it's like if you have you know 10 percent more selflessness than selfishness <laughs> like does that equal there's a threshold i'm not no, sure during the clone wars i mean we see that yoda has to go over many steps he has to travel to different wor- worlds with R2-D2 to learn how to become this, I guess, force entity. And not in the cosmic force, but in the living force. And we see that Yoda has to go to different planets. He has He's with the, the wills of the force. And he's being tested even with, with Count Dooku and, and Sheev Palpatine trying to break him out and of it's it's, it's a whole arc i recommend going to watch it but i think that qui-gon jinn was on his way to do it but i think since there's a lot of steps in this process and you have to travel to different worlds i don't think he had the time or he was called to action just say to go help satine i don't think he, he he didn't complete we know he didn't complete his training so i i think he was selfless in some sort of respect but at the same time, I just believe that he didn't complete his training. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I agree. I agree with most of that. I agree that he didn't complete his training. And I agree that I think it was personally a bit more selfless, perhaps, than you might be letting on. That's just how I personally see it. Yeah. Because, like, I think that he basically completely committed himself to the Force as opposed to, like, the Jedi Order. Like, he was, like, he, he was almost, like, zealot, like in how much he committed himself to the Force, that, like, he was willing just on the spot meeting Anakin, realized how special he was, and was immediately like, you're going to become a Jedi, if it's the last thing I do. And he put everything into raising and protecting Anakin for the short amount of time he was with him. And, like, that day, I sent both of you guys a Dave Filoni video. I don't know if you saw it, Josh. I know you've seen it before, Matt. And Dave Filoni, he amazingly explains how the duel of the fates is actually, it's not just about them staying alive, it's not about the battle of Naboo, but it's about Anakin's future. He's essentially, Qui-Gon is fighting for Anakin during that fight. He ultimately loses in that respect, and because of that, he doesn't get the opportunity to train Anakin, which would have completely changed how Star Wars was told, the entire story. But it's like, he, he wasn't fighting for himself, he wasn't fighting for Naboo, he was fighting for this boy that he believed so strongly was the chosen one, that in the end he gave his life fighting that fight. I think that is extremely selfless. I think the fact that he took him under his wing, just meeting him out of nowhere, this poor orphan slave boy, or not orphan, but this poor slave boy that he just came across and knew almost nothing about, was willing to put so much faith in him and take him in like that, I think that was extremely selfless. Now that you say that, Mike, I, I 100% agree with you. Mm-hmm. And just got me thinking about Mortis and how 
they were testing Anakin to be, you know, to see if he was the chosen one. And mm-hmm. of course, we did. We saw he contained both the son and the daughter, the the dark side and the light side of the force, mm-hmm. as well as I mean, he was pretty much the the balance like the father. And Qui Gon, we even see Qui Gon appear in on Mortis talking to Obi Wan, and he still believes that. Obi-Wan still needs to, you know, complete his tra- Anakin's training, mm-hmm. you know, make sure he, he he still believed that Anakin was the chosen one. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's just it's just so interesting to to see that and, and we can hear Qui-Gon Jinn during episode two when, when Anakin's killing the Tusken Raiders, not only the men, but the women and children too. And <laughs> we hear him in, in other aspects. <laughs> I love you, Josh. Um, so, so, yeah, I think I agree. I feel like we could end on that. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it. I'm mad now. Catch us next week. <laughs> but, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I, think that's I agree amazing. with you and, and how... It's just so interesting to, to see. No matter what Anakin mm-hmm. does, Qui Gon thinks, even when he's after after he's dead from from Maul, after he gets killed from mm-hmm. Maul, he still believes. After yeah. after he kills the Tusken Raiders, after, you know, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about post. You know, we'll we'll get hopefully we'll get some more on Qui Gon Jinn for during the Kenobi series because. Oh, dude, Obi-Wan, I'd love it. I would love it. Obi Wan does learn from Qui Gon how to become a Force ghost. So mm-hmm. it's it's up in the air with that, but like, and I would be very curious to see. Hopefully, you know they get Liam Neeson's back in that role, but mm-hmm. to see how Qui Gon, what he thinks about Anakin after he becomes Vader, it's just interesting. Ooh, that would be interesting. I wonder if he would still have that same ardent faith that he shows in him. I think he would. Do you think? He but has- I think. Do you think he's mad at Obi-Wan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. It's hard, because, like, Obi-Wan trained Anakin out of obligation, out of that promise he made to um, Qui-Gon. Yeah. I don't think it was necessarily because he, whether or not he wanted to, but it was, I made this promise, I'm going to see it through. And over time, he developed, like, his own way of attachment to Anakin. Yeah. I think even with him turning to the dark side like he did, and with... The like the ex- basically extinction of the Jedi Order that comes after Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. I think Qui Gon might be one of the very few people who would potentially still have faith that he is the chosen one. That even in spite of this, he will bring balance somehow, some way. Yeah. Like, yeah. and he, if I had to guess, if what if he knew of the existence of Luke and Leia. In the face of everything that Darth Vader did, he would still be confident that the ch- the chosen one will eventually turn sides. Yeah, I'm confident in that. Well, Matt, what do you think? I I love Mike's reasoning, and I, I don't disagree with it at all. Aw, shucks. The the one thing I <laughs> one thing I I was thinking about during all of this. You mentioned that even though you know he saw the Tusken Raider sequence, obviously because he's living, he's in the the. He obviously his consciousness lives on, so he probably followed Anakin to watch his life develop along with Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. So I gotta wonder, what do you think Qui Gon like? 
so Qui-Gon could intervene at certain points. We saw that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he intervene in that moment for Anakin? Mm. Good question. He, he, he guides Yoda. He mm-hmm. guides Obi-Wan on Mortis. Obviously, there was a strong force like the the on mortis the force is very very strong just like Dagobah. so obi-wan yeah just like dagobah so there there's opportunities at each of those for him to appear so was he just like maybe he wanted to but the force wasn't strong enough but then you have the fact that his midichlorian count and and just overall the force in has been highlighted so many times and anakin is so strong mm-hmm. so then i i wonder like I mean, obviously, we could just chalk it up and say the Force didn't want that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because we got to hit that every episode is saying the Force, you know. (laughs) But why do you think he did not appear? And and Josh, we highlighted this with the Anakin episodes. Yeah. Or with the Anakin episode about why the the moments that caused Anakin to turn. Why wasn't Qui-Gon able to run an interference? I think it's just the the will of the force. I, I, I gotta say, even though, you know, we say this sometimes a joke, but I think it's the wills of the will of the force as well as from a background, you know, not in canon universe, but in the cinematic universe, that they needed him to carry out his plot to become Darth Vader. Yeah. So... Yeah. So... No, I, I understand that, but I, I was thinking, like, do you think it's related to the fact that Qui-Gon understood that he was the chosen one and maybe because he now was part of like the the living I think it would, what the cosmic force is what the voice and, and him appearing is I think it was if I remember the episode right I think it was the living force but maybe yeah. both I think. It might be yeah it might be the connection to both yeah I think I remember him saying that to Yoda when he's telling him to follow the lights mm-hmm. in that scene mm-hmm. and he like starts guiding him I believe in the dialogue he says he's part of if I remember correctly. It's it's a yeah. world between worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so because of that, he can maybe he sees the future, he knows it works out, so he's like, I just need to let Anakin do his thing. He's the chosen one. Actually I don't think so to that, because if I remember the episode right, Yoda asks him, I think, where he is, and he says, like, I am neither in the future nor the past. Like, I am he says something. So then there's probably the world between worlds. So yeah, I, that's yeah. But I think but if I, I remember, if he, can, right, like, he says no. he's not either. Well, he's not yeah. like he's not like Ezra in the world between worlds. He's in his own cosmic slash living force. He's the he's in the force. Mm-hmm. It's the force. It's yeah, the force. it is. The force. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. not how the force works. <laughs> <laughs> it is if Dave Filoni and George Lucas will it. This is true. The, the, so, the word so, is law. I love that it Mortis is. arc with Qui-Gon yeah. and Anakin. Mm-hmm. It shows a lot of people love it. I mean, I've watched different videos and heard different things on the on media saying that the Mortis arc shows that Anakin was the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it proves it. But so, so I really think that it's the fact that he knew what was going to happen. All of it, the bad, the tragedies, mm-hmm. and then the good and and the rising of the light i i really think that he understood what was gonna happen now the only thing i wish that he kind of explained to someone was the fact that you know palpatine was still alive 
He could have just floated that. No, yeah, he could have just floated that idea out and be like, "He's not dead," <laughs> you know, something like that. Go to Exegol. <laughs> That's uh, building an army. <laughs> it's really big. Trust me. Go find it. I, I think at that point he's like, "Qui Gon's like." I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm done, done with this. Yeah. Let me, let me uh, live in the... In the, the galaxy the... is all you guys. I did my part. <laughs> Qui-Gon probably, within the, within the Force, created a cantina that all the Jedi hang out at. He's done. <laughs> <laughs> He's just there, sipping brewskis with Anakin, Obi-Wan, Yoda. Yeah, some blue milk here and there. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you, Episode 8, for... for... Making my life complete. You, you, want little, you want a little fun fact about episode one and Qui-Gon? Go for it. Yeah, go so for it. So, in episode one, when Qui-Gon is taking the Medicoian count of Anakin, he actually is holding a Gillette razor. <laughs> as the, as, really? Yeah, as the... I think it's it, it, it's just a razor, and, and it, looks, it looks like it could be, you know, something... You know, science fiction, which which they try to do. So it's yeah, it's a little fun fact that he's holding a Gillette razor while taking the Metacorian count of Anakin. That's pretty That's funny. Amazing. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that we're on to fun facts and everything, so some of the early drafts of the Phantom Menace had Qui Gon not joining Obi Wan until way later in the film, and it being about Obi Wan discovering Anakin, which shifts basically really? everything that Star, like what Dave Filoni and everything that Star Wars had talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it would have worked well with episode four, just because like yeah, at that point there's no reference of Qui Gon in episode four, so it's like if they wanted, they probably could have just not made Qui Gon a character at that point. If you're just looking at the original trilogy, because there's no mention yeah. of him, but it's just Obi Wan. He was the father figure. I'm gonna put in air quotes. The father figure of Anakin. So yes, it was completely important to have him. I think. Mm-hmm. Josh, very now important. thinking about what we just talked about, yeah. I'm a hundred percent confident that the the thing that we couldn't remember was from our Anakin episode. Yes, I, I agree too. <laughs> I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty positive now on that one. Yeah, Matt's getting over his concussion. <laughs> yeah, <things>. memories. <laughs> Until the next one. Uh, oh no. Oh. I'm mad. I really hope at this point of your life. I really no hope too. I don't. I don't want another one. It's, they're not fun. No, oh, um, no, Matt's not playing any hockey anymore or lacrosse. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I'm just hitting my head on a beer sign at my wife's family's house. Oh, Matt. <laughs> on Christmas. No. Matt, I ran straight on, into it. I have like a bump actually still from it. Matt. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I had a whiskey and I, I was fine after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rub some dirt on it and walk it off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. My last fun fact for this episode is that in the final screenplay, Qui-Gon is described as being in his 60s, which Liam Neeson obviously was not. Mm-hmm. How old was he? So I wonder how that would shift if he... I think he's like 40 or something. We could look that up real quick. So so I looked it up, and, and Liam Neeson was about 40... Probably 47 at the time of filming. Mm-hmm. So he's not like terribly younger than mm-hmm. than the, what they wanted his role to be, yeah. but at the same time, I feel like they aged him with the the beard and the hair, but not to the point where he was sixty. He still looked like he was like a a, a four, like forty year old man. I would take him in his fifties. I would I would accept that, but sixty yeah feels a little old, like relative yeah, little, to little how he looks and how he moves. 
Like, again, like, I think he, Qui-Gon Jinn wasn't defined by his, like, lightsaber or combat ability. He was very good at it, but it wasn't his strength, per se, like, what made him Qui-Gon Jinn. But he still moves like a man probably in his 40s or 50s compared to a man in his 60s. He, uh, he, he fought the first Sith Lord in how many years, right? A millen- yeah, he did. Yeah, it's a millennium, he right? Didn't, he didn't exactly do well, per se. <laughs> well, okay, first but... time, yeah, it was, the first time was acceptable. Second time, not so much. Yeah, that, that didn't end well for him, unfortunately. <laughs> to, to be fair, on the, on the Wikipedia it says this, which is, I never per se thought when I watched it, but I find it interesting. They were evenly matched until he got physically got the upper hand when he, like, butted him in the face with the lightsaber. Up until that point, they were pretty close. Did you know that Maul used that move against Obi-Wan in Rebels? And then Obi-Wan, of course, knew how to counteract it because that's what killed his master. So a little fun fact about that, too. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan deflects, I think, three times, and then he strikes through Maul's lightsaber because he goes up to headbutt him with his lightsaber. Mm -hmm. And then Obi-Wan slashed through it and ended up killing Maul. Fun fact, I actually watched that episode yesterday. That's a, it's a nice. episode. It is. I still have to start Ruffles, but I'm excited. At you, some point, oh my! I know it's a phenomenal. Might. Thank you show. for having us on the pod. Or thanks for coming out to the podcast. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see you later. Yeah, we'll just let you go so you can go get started. <laughs> I wanna I wanna watch Clone Wars with my girlfriend in chronological order because I saw it. You know, episode one, episode two, episode three, or sorry, release order. Yeah, mm-hmm. season one, season two, season three, season four. And then, you know, so on and so forth. And people are saying that mm-hmm. it's really good watching in chronological order. Yeah, I so, want to start watching in chronological. I mean, minus like that blue virus yeah, and, like and anything virus. with Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we forgot to yeah, mention. Yeah, yeah. We forgot to mention. Qui-Gon saved hmm. Jar Jar. Just he did. <laughs> like they, or what is it? Like is said about Qui-Gon, he's a champion of lost causes. He <laughs> saves both Jar Jar and Anakin. These two, like, low members of society, Jar Jar being Jar Jar, and Anakin being this, like, slave that no one really cares about besides his mother. Like, he's a champion of lost causes. He sees the good in people that people don't. He was selfless. People wouldn't, yeah. Like, he's very selfless. He sees the good in people regardless of, like, stature, regardless of position or power, which also I think is where and why he saw through, like, the rank of the Jedi Council and why he didn't choose to be on the Council is because he saw that, like, these things don't make a person. Your actions make you a person. Like, those are more important to any day than rank, societal stature, any of those things. Which I find really interesting about him. Like, his wisdom yeah. is incredible. He probably shouldn't have saved Jar Jar, though, when you think about it, because <laughs> Jar Jar's vote did make the difference in Palpatine getting more and more power. It did, Just but saying. I defend him because it's what was needed at the time, and he was kind of yeah. coerced into it. Well, okay, without yeah. without uh, without Jar Jar, I, I I kid obviously. They wouldn't they, <laughs> yeah. would, they wouldn't have saved Naboo because of the Gungans. The Gungans mm-hmm. would have stayed in the water, whatever, and then they wouldn't have fought against the, the droids. But that's another yeah. story for I guess a Jar Jar episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have we have a lot of stories for the Jar Jar episode. Uh, Josh. Yes. <laughs> My girlfriend wants to join on and. <laughs> why jar jar is i'm gonna put in air quotes her favorite i i will let you two have that episode i'll, I'll just hang on the sideline for it <laughs> that's fine i can respect uh, it 
<laughs> Anyhow, I think that about wraps up everything I want to talk about. Is there any final notes that you guys have that you want to speak to? Mm-hmm. Qui-Gon's lightsaber was my first lightsaber. I got it for a birthday Ooh. present. And at the time, I didn't like know what Star Wars was when I was really young. And I was like, I had it. It was like still packaged, whatever. And then next thing you know, I, I, was, I watched Star Wars. And I'm like... Thank God I have this. It was one of the Hasbro ones that were like really beefy and you can like, and it was the cool ones that you can hit the red button and slide out. It was really. Oh yeah. Uh, that, that's what sparked. That's what predominantly sparked my love for Star Wars after you know having that really? lightsaber. So. Wow. Oh, that I have it like not even five feet from me, and it's <laughs> marked up. It it's seen some battle damage, but. Again, that well used. How many, how many times one. did you hit your brother with that lightsaber? Oh, Be honest. Hit my brother, hit Carlos. You know, that's how I met Carlos. He was he was down the block. I think he's playing lightsabers with my neighbor, neighbor closer to me, and the, and Carlos's neighbor, and that's how we all got started. We, we really Star Wars. Yeah, I didn't know you guys met over Star Wars. That's awesome. Yeah, I had I had a band concert, and we were like, we were we were really close when we were young. I'm, I'm gonna elaborate a little bit. We're really close with with the neighbor on the the end of our our I'll say street cul-de-sac and yeah cul-de-sac and down the down the street is we saw our our neighbor who we're close with and then we saw him with with Carlos and another one of the neighbors and from that moment we all met each other and and I guess that's all in history it's all in the past so mm-hmm. uh, Josh you were you were a band nerd I, I was a band nerd. I was, I was What'd you play? For one, <laughs> I was a band nerd for one year. I would arrive late to, to practices. Not because <laughs> not because of me, you know. It was in the morning. and it, it, Oh, it was never your fault. We, yeah, you're we, right. <laughs> we, we didn't live close to school. And we would, we would not get there on time sometimes. So at the end, I wasn't having fun with my instrument as well as the, the band teacher kind of kicked me out. She's like, yeah, <laughs> you need to practice You're done. or you need to leave. That's like the one, that's the only, the only time. And then later, like in eighth grade, it was, this was middle school. In eighth grade, she's like, oh, I wish you stayed, I wish you stayed in, in band. And like, uh, why'd you kick me out then? <laughs> I didn't say, I didn't say that to her, but. Well, you were in eighth grade. I wouldn't expect you to. <laughs> yeah. You turned them against me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh she see, sees you start to quote uh, Star, Star Wars, Wars. And it's like alright I'm glad he, I'm glad he's out of here full yeah, circle you will not take oh it from me your anger and <laughs> lust for power I've already done that uh, well I think I think I think we're good with this episode now. Yeah. Josh, you want to let all of the uh, all the Padawans out there know who we are reviewing for our season fa- finale of season two of the Wannabe Jedi podcast. We are reviewing Ahsoka Tano. And Ooh, super pumped. I'm really excited. I still want to finish the book. I was supposed to go back down to my apartment because I'm home for break and finish reading it before we recorded. I don't think that's going to happen. We'll see. But I, I want, I'm excited for it. Maybe we'll have to do, Matt, thinking about it, since they're having the Ahsoka show, we might have to do like Ahsoka 1, and we might have to do Ahsoka 2. Ooh, we'll, two-parter. We'll have to yeah, do, like a two-parter. Well, yeah, like, we'll do, we'll record one right now, talking about Clone Wars and everything currently, but then once the Ahsoka show comes, we might have to 
update elaborate it, yeah. a little bit more like in a season three or season four yeah so. well it depends when the show actually comes out too obviously with covid there's probably going to be delays and and certain things that can happen and can't so it'll be interesting yeah oh did you see the george lucas behind the scenes with george lucas showing up to ahsoka and and on the set of the mandalorian i oh. i have not seen that yet no he was holding baby yoda Aww. Oh, I've seen the picture of him holding Baby Yoda. <laughs> it's really cute. Yeah. Thank That's the cute. maker. Thank the maker. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yes, we were reviewing Ahsoka, and I'm, I'm ec- ecstatic. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. I can't wait. Well, Mike, thank you uh, so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, we'll so. have to have you good. come back out, hopefully for another character, in mm-hmm. in, in a little. I told you, awesome. Matt, this is this is good banter. <laughs> I mean, as soon as we get the roommates all back together, it's it's always great. Yeah. There's always mm-hmm. laughs. We always get you your uh, your cackle. Oh, of course. In and <laughs> it's it's amazing. Uh, my girlfriend's mom said I have a very unique laugh that makes everybody else want to laugh around me. It does. Yes, it, it does. does. It absolutely does. Half Many the time a time in college. college. Yeah. yeah. I would be laughing just because Josh was rolling on the floor laughing. It's like you don't even know what was so funny in the first place, but you just can't help but start cracking up. Exactly, exactly. It's wonderful. Your laugh is truly magnetic. I love you. I love you both, too, very dearly to my heart. Yes. Anyways, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. We're going to have you on again. I I love this podcast. Please. I love this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, so make sure to go follow us on all of our social medias at wannabe jedi podcast on facebook instagram and tiktok at wannabe jedi cast on twitter and go tell a friend about us we love that we've been growing this community like crazy we'll we'll give you updated numbers in our season finale and we just want to keep uh growing this community it's been a lot of fun so make sure to go tell a friend about it drop a rating a review all of the above and we will see you guys all next week for our sokatana episode take care everyone stay safe may the force be with you all may the force be with you all <laughs>